If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. Uh, welcome to the A to Z of Diseases Podcast with me, Faith Kutere. Today I'll be engaging Dr. Eli Odongo, a gynecological oncologist on uh, ovarian cancer, especially ovarian cancer in children. Now, welcome Dr. Tari, and first I would like you to introduce us to ovarian cancer. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to talk about ovarian cancer in children. One, the reason why we think or we know that this topic is important is because we are now seeing an increased number of children who have come to our unit with uh, abdominal swelling, which we have determined to be ovarian cancer at imaging, at further invest blood tests, and also at surgery. And uh, many times we tend to assume that it only affects uh, older people, older women. But now we have an increased interest in this area because we are seeing an increased number of pediatric cancers, especially affecting the ovary. The kind of cancers that affect children is a certain class of ovarian cancers. We call them as germ cell tumors. Germ cell tumors, they arise from practically the germ cells, meaning that the organs, the, the, the developmental, or the, where we have the source of the genetic material that uh, kind of uh, will uh, finally be, be, be contributor to, to, to reproduction. And uh, we are also seeing a, a certain group of cancer known as the sex cord stromal tumors, which arise from the, from the supportive structures of the ovary. Cancer has been referred to as a lifestyle disease, and uh, there are many cases, as you've said, of ovarian cancer in children. Now, in this case, what really happens? What is the cause? Yeah, the, for the kind of tumors we are describing in children, it is not associated with lifestyle, mainly because, of course, they are young children, so really they have not really lived for us to know that they have a lifestyle that, is of, that can contribute to any changes in their in their bodies. Like I said, most of them are what we call sporadic. Uh, a few of them have genetic uh, uh, kind of uh, genetic uh, predisposition, and those are very few, very, very few. I may not mention the kind of mutation or genetic alterations that occur because they may not beneficial really to the listeners. But just to know that there is really not a lifestyle, most of them are a sporadic kind of uh, tumors. Maybe what are the early signs of ovarian cancer in children? The advantage of ovarian cancer in children is that most of the time they are diagnosed early. In fact, from our data, from the 38 children we've treated, most of them are stage 1A and uh, that was stage 2 disease, mainly because these children are still under the care of their mothers. They're the ones who wash them, they're the ones who change them, and they, they tend to notice abnormalities much earlier, in that they notice a swelling in the abdomen, they notice changes like what the, the, the patient have referred to uh, mentioned. So that's why we tend to get them late, as opposed to the ones in adults, mainly because are, we are too busy or we tend to ignore some signs 
And uh, so in adults, we usually get them late as opposed to the ones in children. Are there any severe symptoms? Yeah, the, the worst is, of course, abdominal distension. And sometimes with abdominal distension, it's not just caused by the tumor. It's caused by the accumulation of water in the abdominal cavity, what we refer to as ascites. And this comes with its own complications because if it is too tense, then you have got uh, dis- uh, reduced organ functions, especially the breathing bit because you have too much water in the abdomen, it tends to splint the diaphragm that prevents the excursion of the diaphragm that's compromising uh, the breathing and uh, the lung functions of these patients. Okay, how is ovarian cancer treated in children compared to elder people? Yeah, that's a good question because in children, the mainstay is to preserve fertility. And this also applies to young adults. The mainstay is to preserve fertility, whereby you want to do as minimum as possible. You just remove the ovary with the disease, with the accompanying tube, and also you check the lymph nodes on that side. And this is followed by chemotherapy as determined by the kind of the germ cell, or by the kind of the ovarian cancer in the children that uh, one has. Most of them, thankfully, are responsive to chemotherapy. And even those that are not, one can still radiate and uh, have very good response with a good return to, to ovarian function and subsequent fertility in the future. And uh, maybe what are the survival rates for children diagnosed with ovarian cancer? Again, it depends on the type. Some of them, the commonest, what we call a dysgeminoma, is uh, close to 100%. Most of them are 100%. There is one particular one that's a little bit troublesome. We call it the yolk sac tumor. The issue about the yolk sac is from our data, most of them, we have seen them late, stage 3C, and we are looking at a 70% uh, five-year survival rate for yolk sac tumors. Maybe in regards to the data that you have on the number of cases of ovarian cancer in children, what is the probability of a small child being diagnosed with the disease? And are there any risk factors? Yeah, like I said, most of them are sporadic, so we may not have a lot of risk factors for ovarian cancers uh, in children. Uh, Yeah, we've not looked at the probability because this this is institutional data. Mm -hmm. It is not Mm population-based. So we may not really know the probability because that requires a population-based kind of survey instead of looking at our data, which is actually, we looked at it retrospectively. It's institutional. Like I said, we've just made quantum leaps in the last five or so years. So in the last five or so years, we have around 38 children from what we have in our records. Most of them are actually due to the germ cell tumors. But we have a few cases of tumors that arise from muscle. We call it the, the sarcomas, maybe one or two. And most of them have survived? Yes, 95% so far are on follow-up. Yeah, they have gone to school. Uh, some keep calling to give thanks. There's one from Busia, always thankful the child. They keep sending us pictures of the, the progress of the children. One has now gone to class one. So all of them, let me say 95%, but like I say, some of them are not necessarily germ cells. Some arise from muscle. We call them sarcomas. And those don't have very good outcomes. We have a case of Bibiana, a two-year-old girl who has been under your care, and she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at, I think, eight months now, in this case, as you say, there are many different types of ovarian cancer. Which kind of cancer was she diagnosed with and what kind of treatment did you administer to her? Yeah, this was a young girl. She presented to us with secondary sexual characteristics, you know, 
it shocked the mother that a nine-month-old baby can have breasts, can have acne, can have uh, menstrual blood, can have, can have uh, pubic hair. But uh, we reassured her that uh, this was a variant tumor that was producing hormones that are responsible for the normal uh, sexual development in a female, only that they were coming early. The mainstay of treatment is surgery followed by chemotherapy. And so this patient underwent surgery, we operated on her, and uh, we confirmed that it was a uh, stage 2 granulosa cell, juvenile granulosa cell tumor, and she underwent four courses of uh, three types of uh, chemotherapeutic agents. And we followed her up, uh, because that's the way we follow up. We follow up with imaging to be specific MRI, but we also follow up with tumor markers. Tumor markers are those hormones that are produced or chemical substances produced by these tumors and they were rapidly falling at treatment. So this is a patient that will follow up for long and we know that uh, from data that fertility will uh, be restored. She'll be able to develop characteristics later on because we know that this is a treatable uh, condition. What are some of the factors that you consider before administering chemotherapy to a child? The principles are cross-cutting, whether it's a child or an adult, whereby the patient must be in good performance status. There's a way we assess performance status. And then we must also look at the organ functions. We, we look at organ functions by doing some blood tests to see is the kidney okay, is the liver okay. And then only if those are normal is when you consider chemotherapy. It also includes uh, checking the blood and see whether they have got a good blood reserve to, so as to be able to handle the chemotherapeutic agents. So the, the standards are cross-cutting. And before every before administration of any chemotherapeutic agent, then before administration of any cycle, we have to, to repeat these tests to see whether there is uh, any derangement. In addition, we also monitor response to, to, to treatment by imaging because you also don't want to continue giving uh, a, very, a drug with a lot of adverse events and the patient is not responding. So we monitor response with what we call tumor markers which can test in the blood and you also do imaging to see is the tumor shrinking or is it increasing in size or is it remaining the same. And maybe are the symptoms the same across everyone or the symptoms vary according to the type of cancer? Yeah, the, the symptoms are more or less the same. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, unintentional weight loss. If a woman has unintentional weight loss, then uh, there she has early satiety. She eats a little food, then she feels full. Then she feels there's abdominal distension, bowel disturbance, either diarrhea or bladder disturbance, uh, frequency of urination, uh, non-specific abdominal pain. We call them vague abdominal pains. Then uh, it starts ringing a bell that why are those changes occurring? In addition, some may present with menstrual irregularities, especially those tumors that produce uh, hormones. Some of them produce very high levels of estrogens. The hormone responsible for cyclical uh, changes every month. So they tend to, tend to present with uh, that kind of... Uh, abnormalities and menstrual irregularities. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that we can prevent ovarian cancer in children? Uh, like I said, it's sporadic. It's, it's rather, we, we really don't have a magic bullet to prevent ovarian cancer in children. Mm-hmm. However, let me take this opportunity to talk about prevention in adults. Yeah, because we have uh, what we call chemo prevention. 
chemo prevention means that uh, you want to sort of reduce the risk risk factor. One of them is a prolonged ovulation. Every month ovulation, healing, ovulation, healing is thought to predispose to, to ovarian cancer. So chemo prevention by using oral contraceptives. The use of oral contraceptives, even for a year, can reduce the risk by up to 40% in a lifetime. Another way of preventing is uh, risk-reducing surgical procedures, especially those with uh, genetic mutations that predispose to breast ovarian cancer or what I referred to earlier, we know, known as the Lynch syndrome, predisposing to ovary, ovary endometrium, uh, this the uterine and uh, colon. But mainly is for the, the, the B, we call it the BRCA mutation, whereby these women are predisposed to breast ovarian cancer. Then you can have risk-reducing surgery, which entails removing the breasts, or removing the ovaries and the uterus once the family size is achieved. Usually, if it can be done below 40 years, then that reduces the, the risk of ovarian cancer. And uh, maybe after medication, are there chances of the condition recurring in the future? Yeah, for, for children, not as much. But for adults, it is not if it recurs, uh, but, uh, but when it recurs. Because some of them, they almost always recur. And that's why after treatment, you still have to undergo uh, follow-up as per the standards and guidelines, which means every three months you should be reviewed for up to two years, and then uh, every six months up to five years, then after that... Uh, annual reviews. Finally, maybe your parting shot to parents, what symptoms should they look out to the um, initial stages of ovarian cancer in their children? Yeah, like I said, some of them are functional. They produce hormones. You start seeing that the breasts are developing abnormally or they're having acne or they're having pubic hair at a time that they're not supposed to be having it. And you also feel a mass in the abdomen. Then you know that there is a uh, associated kind of, uh, of, 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 uh, of a malignancy that is re- leading to that kind of uh, presentation. I also advise parents that every time they wash their children, clean them, fill the abdomen to whether there is anything abnormal that you can palpate or, the, or you can see an abnormal swelling on the abdomen. Thank you so much, Dr. Oh, The A to Z of Disease Podcast. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.